Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24-7. The world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had So Good Sports Media Network. This is our opportunity uh, when every other Saturday we have the opportunity to speak to Mr. Higgins about the kinds of things that is on his mind and that are impacting our lives. And he shares with us some of his deepest thoughts related to some of historical things. So, Mr. Higgins, why don't you get started and let us know what it is you want to talk about this evening? Well, tonight, Mr. Deshay, I want to talk about um, the women of the Civil Rights Movement. Oftentimes, you know, we just left um, Black History Month February. And, you know, oftentimes during that month, we always talk and talk about, you know, the most prominent leaders of the Civil Rights Movement. James Farmer, A. Philip Randolph, Martin Luther King, Adam Clayton Powell, and the like. But we forget about the unsung heroes, the Fannie Lou Hamers, the Robert Williams, the Queen Mother Moore, the Gloria Richardsons, and the Reese Taylors. These people, those names fade off into the into the 
to the to the to the dust of what happened to the civil rights movement. But in in terms of the civil rights movement, when it was at its heyday, was one of the most prominent names in the civil rights movement, and actually was part of the reasons that many of us galvanized to have the um, benefits that we have received today, that we receive today. Um, Queen Mother Moore, for instance, she um, was a Garveyite, and um, she came from Louisiana, and um, you know, she um, and was part of the UNIA movement. And she was the one who actually led the um the push for reparations. So when we hear about you know, you know us um you know about and you know in the ethos in our community we hear about people saying reparations and they should give us reparations for slavery, and that um these things should be amended to us you know for what we endured. This came from this came from a um altruistic endeavor. This didn't come from you know money being agreed. This was came from. Compensation, you know, what was just what was just was due. And this moment, in Queen Mother Moore, she actually even went to the United Nations to speak about this in, in, in regards to, you know, and speaking on behalf of Black people in the struggle in the Civil Rights Movement. Then we have Miss um, Reese Taylor. Miss Reese Taylor was just recognized recently by Oprah Winfrey. Um, um, recently she just passed, but this woman is actually the reason. Her name is synonymous with Rosa Parks. Now, we always hear the name Rosa Parks, but we don't hear that the Rosa Parks' name is directly connected to Reese Taylor. Reese Taylor, unfortunately, was raped by six white men on the way home from church in Alabama. So when she was, um, unfortunately, these men were never charged. So um, Rosa Parks kept going to the trial because she kept trying to help help get these men's child, so she kept going to the side of Reese Taylor. So when she kept going to the side of Reese Taylor, you know, the world, you know, the black community saw Rosa Parks as, as, a, as a polarizing figure in terms of helping someone, you know, help stand for justice. So when she um, got, um, was recognized for sitting on the back of the bus, that's why everybody everybody jumped in because, you know, they saw what Rosa had done in terms of helping this woman named Reese Taylor who was assaulted by these men and it was never vindicated. Then we have Miss Gloria Richardson. Miss Gloria Richardson um, was from Cambridge, Maryland, and she was actually the, one of the initiators of creating the March on Washington. Um, her and her group from Cambridge, Maryland, um, she started a movement in Cambridge, Maryland, which actually, due to some circumstances that happened in Cambridge, Maryland, when SNCC came there, she became she became um, influential in the, in, the, in the civil rights movement. In Cambridge, Maryland, the difference between that civil rights movement is that they were they were having skirmishes with um with the police and with the um and with the um with the white supremacists that were in the area, and you know they, it wasn't a nonviolent uh, uh, method. They, their methodology was more of you know having skirmishes and having you know there were there were attacks and riots to happen in, in Cambridge, Maryland due to you know to the um to them trying to you know you know fight back in the civil rights movement. So this woman, she eventually, you know, decided to say, you know, that they're going to um, form a march on Washington. But this march on Washington wasn't a march on Washington where, you know, they were going to have speeches. This march on Washington was one where they were going to sit down on the steps of the, of the Capitol building and stop the Congress, lay down on the, um, on the, on, on the runways of the, of the airport so that the planes couldn't come in. You know, they were going to try to stop Washington. Um, at this at this point in time, when it, when the Washington was initially initiated, so this woman, um, Gloria Richardson, um, she was one of the ones that you know what I'm saying that galvanized, you know what I'm saying that even initiated start and um 
she got the attention of John F. Kennedy, who sent Robert Kennedy to meet with her to try to to try to amend some of the problems that were going on in Cambridge, Maryland. So these are some of the things that you know, in terms about is our history, you know, and things that we're we're unaware of in terms of the civil rights movement. And these are things that we need to know in regards to to so so we have we have examples of people, you know working together and working hard to try to, you know, to change things in our community. And they these names should be just as known as Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or Marcus Garvey or Noble Juwali or many other names that, you know, are synonymous with, you know, with, with the civil rights struggle. So, you know, it's, you know, it's up to us, you know what I'm saying, to start, you know, to start, you know, spreading this awareness about the, about these other members of the civil rights movement. You know, they had another group of people called the Deacons for Defense. You know, these were another people that were galvanizing, and, you know, they they were, um you know, arming themselves against the Ku Klux Klan. Um, you had another man named Robert F. Williams, you know what I mean? He wrote a book of Negroes with Guns. He was also one that was an advocate for and standing up uh, standing up against the Ku Klux Klan. And... See, these are things that you know get you know get pushed off to the side, but these are things that we need to know. We need to know that Nat Turner wasn't just someone who just ran off and, and um and went and went and went on a killing spree. He also was a, a pastor. We need to know these things. You need to know these things so that you know what I'm saying so we can have the full perspective when we look at our, at the people who have who have um laid their lives down and laid accomplishments accomplishments to what to what we what we benefit to today. Let me ask um, so, you, um, Ms. Higgins, what 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 were your what is your thought about what Nat Turner was truly trying to convey time that he did this uprising? Well, with the thing we don't know about at that period point period of time, there were many uprisings that were um go, that were being planned at this point in time cuz people were tired of being oppressed there was the um Gabriel professor um he 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 um tried to create a a movement that you know and this, these were movements not like Nat Turner's but you know like 15 to 20 guys these were movements where were a couple of hundred people and there were turncoats inside inside the inside these uh, movements that you know that actually, you know, dismantled them before they were actually actually moving into operation. You have Gabriel Professor. You have Denmark Vesey. Denmark Vesey is another brother, you know what I'm saying, who um who um who galvanized the movements to try to oppress, you know, to overthrow the oppression of slavery. So, you know, Nat Turner is known because he he moved off a of, uh, off an of impulse and he actually actually went through with it. But you know he wasn't the only that wasn't he wasn't the only one with that mindset. You know what I mean in terms about you know what I'm saying you know galvanizing our people in terms about alleviating oppression during slavery and many of these names you know they fall they fall to um they fall to obsolete but you know what I'm saying but to obscurity but you know it's up to us to, you know to, to to speak to into existence. Just another another brother is um. The, um, that had he had he had his own city in Mexico. His name is Gaspar Yanga. You know, he, him and his fighters were so fierce that they kept the Spaniards out of out of out of out of a certain portion of Mexico, part of Mexico for forty years until he got old. So this is and this is during the time of slavery. So you know there there were many there's many things there's many accounts of you know different um slave revolts and rights that you know that people were um you know. In, Partaking in besides Nat Turner and the the mindset of course would be the same thing on my uh, Tubman, freedom. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, in terms about, mm-hmm. you know, when we think of slavery, we you, we often look at, you know, we got this impression such perception of slavery through the eyes of roots. But we have to, if you want to know, if you want a, 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 a accurate mm-hmm. historical account of slavery, you have to watch a, a movie called Goodbye Uncle Tom. This movie is so so polarizing and it's so in depth about slavery in terms about how how they how they how they, how they, how they um move the people through like cattle and, and, and sterilize them and, and, and I mean sanitize them and how you know they, it wasn't like what like like we saw in roots. And this movie and even the I, I had to even research the um people who participated in this movie because I had to, the actors in this movie because who would even allow themselves to be portrayed in this manner. And these the movie was filmed in Haiti in the seventies, um when um when Papa Doc and Baby Doc, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the um the, the dictators were over Haiti. So this is how they was even they would portray, you know what I'm saying, some of these scenes in this movie that are, are almost are almost heart heartbreaking. You know what I mean? They have scenes in the movie where you got people sitting eating at dinner and you know, they got their feet sitting on children, you know what I mean? And you know, uh, it's 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 just something that you have to see and the name the name of the movie is good goodbye Uncle Tom. And 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 the um the title self explanatory. If you ever was to watch this movie, good about. And as a matter of fact, it was banned in the U.S. up until recently. This movie was banned up until the U.S. Up, and it was made in the seventies. So it was banned. It was made by Italians, some Italian men, and they made the movie. And it was a depiction of slavery that was extremely accurate. So when we understand that, you know, under extreme conditions, under people are going to oppression, people are going to, you know. People going to rebel, and this is you know, and this is the mindset of 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 Nat Turner, you know, in regards to you know, seeing families destroyed and seeing you know the women raped and seeing you know the men maimed and and you know and you know and and and, and the constant oppression that was 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 put upon us. This was the mindset, you know, and so you know we can only we can only begin to you know imagine, you know, what I'm saying the, the the type of the the type of tyranny that that, that our Rubber system was on under, and even until today, you know, this has a strong effect on us to today. Well, we have when we realize until today, when they say, well, the slavery, you know, we do, slavery doesn't have us, you know, acting where we're acting in terms about, um, um, you know, like, you know, just all for one and one for all thing, you know, just one one, one man for himself, and you know, just let me get mine. You know, slavery, you know, what I'm saying, have black people working together. We, you know. Some of our greatest accomplishments in this in this country came right after slavery. You know, some of the, you know, so we have to understand that. You know, we we had skilled people. We had people that had morals and values and etiquette at one point in time, and we have to look back to the past so that we can build the blueprint so we can plan for the future. Let me ask you because you you mentioned it a couple of times, and I want to get a better understanding of what the term means because the term means something derogatory uh to me uh what is the exact what should we really take away from the term uncle tom i mean there's there's been many different aspects of looking at the, the um the name uncle tom cuz you have the, you know you have some some that say uncle tom was the guy in the um inside the house that was um telling all the the secrets of the slave owners and you know what i'm saying and you know creating um discord inside the the home of the slave owners <laughs> then you have some that say that the uncle tom um character is um 
you know, someone who shucked and jobbed and cooned through his way through society. But see, we have to we have to understand that slavery, you know, that you know that's a, the one dimensional look in, in terms about the, the slave owners in terms of how they how they broke slaves and how they you know what I'm saying how they you know how this was an industry and they move slaves the same way they do chickens or they did they do cattle or they do or they do uh, any any other piece of merchandise you know they will move they will move the mass um, quantities that you know where they were sanitizing mass quantity it was sold they were broken they were trained in mass quantities they were there was sex like they were some farms that were sex farms where the slaves were just sex with the sex slaves you know when they were studs and they would take 12 year old girls and as soon as girl was able to puberty and they, you know what i'm saying and they, and they made so these men impregnated so they raped these little women these young babies you know what i mean and they you know so we, you know this what we what we what understand is slavery you know what i'm saying in terms of we have to we, we have to get more information to understand the, the scope of slavery we have to get more information to understand that the, 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 even the story of the ku klux klan the story of the Ku Klux Klan is yes, the Ku Klux Klan did manifest itself right after slavery, but by the by, by, by the turn of the century, it died out. The Ku Klux Klan didn't manifest itself back into to, to being a, a prominent entity until a movie called Birth of a Nation. The same exact move name of the movie that they used for the Nat Turner movie recently was the same exact name of the movie that they used to galvanize white people to to to, 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 to recreate the Ku Klux Klan again. Because by the 1900s, it, it had died out, and this movie, Birth of a Nation was a depiction of um, the Ku Klux Klan saving white women from black men that were raping white women. You know what I mean? So it made the Ku Klux Klan look as if they were saviors. So you know what I'm saying? We have to understand. We have to understand the time set. And at the time, Woodrow Wilson, um, 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 um they saw saw a picture. This is one of the first motion pictures. So Woodrow Wilson had a screening in the White House, and he said he it was lightning. He said it was um, history written in the lightning. So we have to understand that, you know, propaganda also is what, you know what I'm saying, what created, you know what I'm saying, we created the, the mindset and the environment. Propaganda is what created the, the allowment for slavery. If it wasn't for the conquistadors and, 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 and the Catholic Church condoning slavery and, you know what I'm saying, and looking at the three-fourths of the man, then much of what we've seen would have, wouldn't have happened. But it's the propaganda, it's the, it's the manipulation of the minds and, you know what I'm saying, and the people, and, it's, and, to, and slavery is here today. You know what I'm saying, this hit, you know, in regards to how we look at, you know what I'm saying, when, when they want to say, you know what I'm saying, kick black people out, all they have to do is say high school diploma required, drug tests required, no, um, no background. And these are the things, and these are the three components where they, you know what I'm saying, where they use, where they use um, language, you know what I'm saying, to, 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 to exercise slavery or to exercise racism, exercise prejudice without actually, without actually stating I'm prejudiced. Because what happens is it goes in accordance to, 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 the, um, to the statistics of society, and statistically, most black men have criminal records. Most black men don't graduate high school. And many black men are um use um use drugs. So so when 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 they, when they want to keep us out of certain things, they just get the a language so they can they can keep us out of certain things. So we gotta understand that as before as to today, it was the language that created an environment for the for us to say okay for slavery. So it's the language today in this day and time that we live in now that makes a language that says okay for slavery because now the, the slavery is the prison. 
You know what I mean? The slavery is the prison. Now, you know what I'm saying, we we we, we, we poorly educate brothers, and then eventually, they, you know what I'm saying, they commit petty crimes, and then they end, they end up in the incarcerated. Once they're incarcerated, they, become, they, they come to work for the state. So, so what happens is, is that you know what I'm saying we we're seeing we we're seeing a a redundancy we're seeing the same exact manipulation but in a different different dynamic. So so we so we have to understand that you know what I'm saying that you know slavery first was and we have to enough to understand that slavery at one time was legal in this country. You know what I'm saying and many of the pre- prejudices um 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 things that we went through were law. So you know what I'm saying when we always go to the law and say what the law says this and the law says that. We have to remember that many of the laws were, were, were slated against us, and they still are. The languages is different. In 1924, they had the, the racial the, the, 1924 they had the racial integrity act, where they were deemed with certain with certain with certain pe- people, black people couldn't couldn't procreate. They said certain black people couldn't have children. You know what I'm saying? And if we don't pay attention, we're going into that that, that same society today in the 21st century. Uh, let me ask you. What is your your feeling on what it is that we need now? It seems to me that that same determination uh, to march and to um, uh, come together is just as important as important now as it was then. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a quote from a um, professor named Claude Anderson. And in terms about we we've done enough marching, we need action. We need we need we need work behind our words. Like the like the Bible says, faith without works is death. So we need we need our people participating actively in everything that they can each and every day that they can to do to edify our communities. We need to create an environment where you know they have this Me Too movement. We have the we have the we have to create a movement with the No More movement. No more sexual um all this sexual um um, um propaganda propagation of sex on a television and sex in the music. It's because this is destroying our communities. Our children, our children at, at ages are having sex at ages younger and younger and younger. And you know what I mean. And and, and they have no and they have no understanding of what they're involved themselves in. We need to we need to understand that we need to start getting in terms about as communities start creating our own community organizations, start creating our own schools, start creating our own health clinics. We need to start, these are the things that we need to start doing. We need to start shucking and jiving and partying and start really getting involved in and administering care and mental health in our community. These are the things that we need to do. We need to take we, we need to we need to question all of our fraternity and sorority brothers who have the degrees, who are educated, why are they working uh, vigorously to, to, in places that we can see in our community to administer change in our community since they're the, the most educated in our community? This is what we need to see. We don't need to see no more shucking and jiving. We need to see we need to see sleeves rolled up and people working together and trying to get our young people jobs and create industries so our young people have ways of getting earning employment and have ways of seeing and having a future. I work in the school system and I see it every day. Our kids need to have a way to say that they have a way of a future. They have a way to get to where they have to go. And this is is ours is our duty. It's no one else's duty. It's our, our duty. It's our duty as as adults 
to work in each and every door. We are Friday nights to go hang out and go party and go take cruises. Then we need to be rolling up our sleeves and working in the schools and assisting the teachers and doing whatever we can. The teachers don't have um don't even have things to buy for the children in terms about for supplies. Then they shouldn't have to go anywhere for supplies. We in the community should be making sure our children have the supplies. We in this community should be helping with, assisting with the after-school centers. We in the community. But, no, we're too busy pretending to be, to be, to live in lifestyles that we're not. You know what I mean? And that's what we need to do in our community each and every day. All right, we're going to take a short break. Take a short break and come back and continue the conversation.
Uh, Cheryl, Hello? what are your thoughts related to what you heard Mr. Higgins talk about in terms of us, uh, our history, and our need to, to use or empower ourselves using some of those same things, same uh, activities and engagement? Good evening. How is everyone doing this evening? Um, I did get a little heads up when you sent the names of the people that uh, Mr. Higgins were going to be talking about. And, I, um, you know, these, other than the one who, um, the the lady who um, Oprah had entered, I had really never heard of the other two. So I took it upon myself to look up these two, um, all three ladies. And, um, you know, so many people are not recognized, and I didn't realize how um, in relationship to what was going, in relations to what was going on, that um, Rosa Parks was intertwined, you know, with the things that were going on with two of the ladies. So... You know, we only hear about, just like he began, you know, saying that we only hear about the same ones over and over again, and we miss out on the history of so many others, you know, and I really um, see and understand what he is saying because, you know, myself as well know the, um, and I've mentioned many times about the history of Ruby Bridges integrating um, William France Elementary School, whereas they chose her and her name, but she was not the only one at that time 
that was actually integrated, um, you know, into the school. So I see that so many are, are not recognized or uh, we don't talk about those other ones. You know, we put so many, we put the main ones on the forefront, not saying, you know, um, based upon, you know, history. And this is what we are taught. But I see that it's so important that we dig deeper than with the history, which is his story and not our story that's being told in the history book. Um, so with that, I really, um, I really understand. And when he was talking about, you know, how the marches, and he's so, you know, um, Mr. Higgins, you're so on point with that because that's what we've been trying to do, you know, and on this show is to mm-hmm. make ourselves accountable or each other accountable for action mm-hmm. and not just talking on the show. You know, we want to make, you know, and we talk about the different things that we as individuals do to not only just discuss it, mm-hmm. but what we have put into action. And you are so right mm-hmm. when you say that we need much more action behind the words that sound so good and behind the marches that take the time and the energy, you know, from so many individuals that Mm -hmm. the action is what really makes all the difference. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we, we have to make sure we recognize we we have to make sure that we recognize that we are going to find ourselves. People will take us backwards if we don't. If we're not really to rise up and demand uh, the rights be our rights be restored and continue. And so, whatever methods that are needed have to be put in place so that we don't uh, tolerate uh, any type of disrespect. Uh, from those who find themselves wanting to take us in reverse. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. And that's see, that's the that's the that's the reason why we have to stay aware of our history. We have to. I'm from Harlem, um, and the Renaissance Ballroom is on, located on 138th Street and Seventh Avenue. The Renaissance Ballroom was the first indoor. A professional basketball team ever played in white, black, or purple. First indoor professional basketball team, and it was and it was a black it was black it was a black team called the Harlem Wrens. This building is now an apartment building. Now, these, this is a crime. This is one of the first teams where the the team was named after the after the arena, and and, and you know, and one of the most first black professional team owned and operated by a black owner. Owned and 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 a black and a black and black team and black basketball players, so we got to understand that we got to respect our history because if we don't, some people will, will bulldoze over it. And it's a shame that they're right there on that corner right now, 138th and 7th Avenue on the Uptown side, that is now a, a apartment building. When this was this is a national landmark, you know what I mean? Especially when or have the NBA wouldn't be what it is without the black players. 
So we we have to we we have to start recognizing. We have to start advocating for ourselves because if we don't recognize our own history, no one's gonna remind us of us. If we don't recognize the greatness that that the things that have come before us, then nobody else is gonna respect it. So we have to start recognizing and start paying attention and start realizing that it's more than just the, the people, the, the, you know, the, the sanitized version of the people that that that, that we're given to look look up to. There was many more people that con- that, that that had contributions to our struggle. And we have to, you know, and it's just like us ourselves, as we, and we're supposed to be contributing to the struggle. And so, and so, one day there will be recognized, Mr. Deshay, ourselves, the call, the call, the call, the call is calling in, because we, this is what we have to do. If we want to see change, you administer it yourself. You don't wait for somebody else. You don't sit there and complain about it. And that's what we're doing in our community. What's wrong with the, with the black community? What do we see? We see everybody just sitting there griping, talking about everybody else. Get up and get something done. If you don't like what you see is going on, get up and get something done. You know what I'm saying? We're living in a time in our society where our children don't know that their citizenship is connected to their right to control what's going on in government. They are oblivious to it. So we have to start realizing, we have to start letting our kids know that these politicians are not just primetime celebrities that we just see go pull up in SUVs and pull off. No, they're actually working for us. They're paid to do our service, our bidding, to make our lives better, to make for the common good. So we have to make sure that our children are aware of this and hold these people accountable for, for, for to, to make sure that things go according to a call. I'm not an anarchist. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a strong supporter of democracy, but we have to get in for, um, get in, 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 in shape. We have to get in effect. We're not in effect in democracy. We are the long hung fruit. We are, we are, we are wasting away. And as you cannot just blame the poor black community. The poor black community is the uneducated community. They're unaware. We have to start looking at the people who have the education, who have the, the money, who have the mobility, who need to start. You lead by example. The U.S. Army is you lead by example. They have the mobility to start showing, not just showboating and showcasing and pretending to be, you know, being bigger than what they are. And that's what, that's what's poisoning our community. You have to see our children. You have to be involved with our children. Our children are imitating these images. You don't understand what some of these entertainers um, the lifestyle that they promote to our children. You have the female entertainers that promote the stripper lifestyle that, and to, to, to come be famous. And then you got the other entertainers that promote the drug dealer lifestyle then they become famous. This is the stories associated with them. And if you're not a connector, if you don't understand why these kids are so fascinated with this one and that one, you're never going to be able to shake up, shake, break the chains. So we have to get involved. You can't just look at them and say, oh, about this one and, and talk to them about, Oh, Biggie Smalls, because Biggie Smalls is gone. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Even when it comes to the little kids, Jay-Z is not even a, a somebody who's 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 um who's who's, who's pr- pr- prominent to them. So we got to get involved and see what, what's, what's shaping the minds of our children. Because we wake up one day and we're looking around and we don't know who these kids are. And it's because we ain't been paying attention to what they've been paying attention to. You know? Uh, Benny, what, what are your thoughts about what we're talking about tonight? Benny, are you there? Maybe I have the name wrong. Three zero nine five three zero nine five. What are your thoughts about thoughts this evening? Well, my thoughts is how my brother was saying. 
you know, we just got to start paying more attention to the kids and saying, trying to, you know, just do more action in the communities. You know what I mean? And instead of being at the marches, start doing things about it. And you know what I mean? Because the children today is our future, you know? So, you know, he was saying everything he was saying is right and exact. You know, that, that, and, that, and that's how it's go, because they the future. You know, things is changing by the moment. The social media, the media period, everything. You know what I mean? The police brutality, the the the, the, the it's just the whole the, the the sexuality. It's just a whole lot going on, and it's changing by the minute. So we just gotta just stand up and 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 be more apart and be more effective on a lot of things. Cause we could get in front of the news camera and we could get on the TV and and we could talk about what the changes need to be made and Donald Trump is doing this and. But at the end of the day, we got to stand up and stick together and be more effective and be more active to make change. You know what I mean? Everybody want like how they use this, like how they say, like you know, you you have to get out there and vote. You your 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 voice is more is is more powerful. You know what I mean? But like I said, man, you just got to be more. We just got to be more effective and more active on making movement and, and, and making things happen because that's the only thing how things going to change around here, you know what I mean? Being more attentive to the kids, more doing more talking and, and, and being more productive and delivering. Instead of just talking about it and, and not being about it, it's not going to work that way, you know? We could, like I said, we could do a whole lot of talking, but, you know, actions speak louder than words, and it's always been that way. So that's pretty much what I really have to say, you know? He mostly said everything, and he's writing exact like he always is, and, you know, that's pretty much how things go. Uh, let me ask uh, both of you. I'm going to start with Mr. Higgins first. Um, why haven't we been able to um, un- uncover the mask of craziness that exists in Donald Trump's life and what he created in this environment where now we have all these white people in our professional uh, places willing to uh, discuss and carry on the thoughts of white supremacists. Uh, in my show on on Saturday, uh, we had two teachers in or uh, in the Florida area who one was on social media um, uh, doing uh, showing uh, the the criteria of white supremacists and uh, another man was sharing with white girls that they should not waste their time uh, dating black boys. So now there seems to be a environment where people feel real comfortable sharing their thoughts about um, their prejudice related to people of color. The thing about it is this, is that what happens is, is that the people, white people always felt comfortable about showing their, displaying their um, disdain for black people. It's just that they're now they're getting a greater platform. We have a few years ago in Columbia University, where a professor, a black professor, was insulted because someone hung a noose in front of her, in front of, in front of her classroom. 
So when we talk about you know saying this racism and this thing, and this is what this was what Obama was president. You know what I mean? So when we when we look at, when we look at this and we you know when we you know we say about the platform, they're giving them a platform. And what happens is is that in, in that regard, they're they're saying how they've always felt. Laws don't change how people feel. And just because they pass these certain laws and say, you know, about this is this is wrong and that is wrong and that is wrong, that has never changed how the U.S. government has felt. What you see, you in terms about all the allowances that black people were supposed to have been given, you see it now being given to other groups of people. It has been given to other groups of people. And and um in sixty four in sixty four um Johnson passed the the, the um. The the the, the um the, the 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 civil rights bill, but in '65 they passed the the, the the um the the immigration act. So many of the allowances that you see that black people work hard for have been afforded to the immigrants. So what happens is, is that you know in 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 that regard, it's always been a double cross. It's always been it's always there's never been an even playing field, and we have to understand that we are seeing white people or you know what I'm saying they have a greater platform to say what they have to say, and this is not to say that all white people are bad. They're not all bad. You know what I mean? But the ones that the ones that feel they have a the ones that feel that you know that, that um that want that want to advocate you know saying you know disrespecting disdain for other groups of people whether it be black Jews Mexicans or whatever it may be they're given a greater platform now and this is and this is and this is the environment and see what this is what we have to be aware of about history. This is the environment that 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 made it okay for the lynchings. This is the environment that 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 co-signed the lynchings. That very thing I was talking about, and and um, with the movie Birth of a Nation and the turn of the century, nineteen hundred, from eighteen sixty-five to nineteen sixty-five, we have a hundred years of lynching. You know what I mean? So what happens is a, a, a guy named a book named Ralph Ginsburg wrote a book about it called Hundred Years of Lynching." Just that's exactly the title. So we have to understand the accounts of these lynchings. So what's the account? What the propaganda that says that you know what it's okay to talk about these people because these people don't conduct themselves publicly in a manner that's respectable. And we have to end that every time that we see an entertainer, a politician, uh, anybody of color. Acting out of order, it starts, it okays it for people to say, you know what, them people ain't about nothing, they ain't no good, and guess what, whatever happens to them just happens to them. You don't see any other group of people, the people um, having that attitude towards them, because they feel the repercussions are going to become behind it. Just like in the in the in, the, in them hundred years of lynching, where they lynched some Italian men from um, in Louisiana, and they had to apologize to the Italian government. They had to send money to the Italian government for lynching those Italian men. So you know what I mean? So we have to realize that the, we have lessened the value of black lives by showing ourselves in the media as, as idiots, as, as, as over-sexualized, as jokes, as clowns, whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? We have, we, have, we have allowed them to say it's okay. That's why the Zimmerman man walked. Why? Because we have allowed them to say it's okay. It's okay because what they're criminals. This is the criminal element. And until we start repairing our image, and until we start actively understanding and call, 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 call people to court 
before distorting our images. And you know what? We call out some of the big names, some of the very big names. You know, say everybody that we like and we love and we want to applaud, many of them have allowed our image to get distorted, and this is, prevents us from getting jobs. This prevents us from getting an equal, equal, equal share in the labor market. This prevents us from, from, from being respected when we walk through our communities, prevents us from being respected when we walk through stores, prevents us from being respected when, when, when we're at the workforce and we work amongst other ethnicities. This all truncates our respect all because the images that we are allowed to see and these images trickle back in our community and our children replicate these images and they have no understanding of the detriment of these images and the psychologists and the and all the social workers in this that in our community who don't call it, who don't who who not, who do who don't say up, who don't speak up about it, they're the ones who should be held accountable because they're the ones who are supposed to be equipped with the information that know. And it's important that we recognize that you that you have we have an opportunity to fight back. The same way those kids fought in Florida and got changed Florida almost immediately and are going to get changed throughout the country, we have to galvanize ourselves in the same fashion. Uh, We have to make sure that all these millionaires that we have are willing to to back us in a movement that helps African Americans have the things that they, they need and desire. Well, these millionaires, what these millionaires have to do is stop acting a fool in front of the camera. You know what I mean? That's what they could do. They that would help us even more than they kept all their money. If they stopped act, if they stopped acting a fool in front of the cameras, our children stop acting a fool in the schoolhouses. If they stop acting a fool in front of the camera, our our parents stop acting a fool inside the, inside the houses. You know what I mean? This is what we need to do because it's it's just, it's it's a, we 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 repeat what we see. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the community. I see. We repeat what we see. This becomes a part of our life. The ocular nerve. Where we 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 digest what we see. We digest what we hear into our brains, and it becomes part of the subconscious. It becomes part of our attitude. It becomes part of our perspective. It becomes part of our mentality. And this mentality, you know what I'm saying, is negative. We won't support each other on anything. Why? Because we don't think, Dean, we're worthy to support each other on anything. We got to understand that it's not just entertainment. Entertainment has a business to it, has a science to it. It's called the Academy Awards of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Science. It's a science to movies. When they put up them Oscars, they forget to tell you the rest of that name. So we got to understand it's a science. You know what I mean? And anything that's a science to, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's complete thought. It's, 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 it's immutable. You know what I'm saying? Empirical evidence. So we got to understand. So we got to understand this. And you know what I'm saying? We got to understand and stop walking around willy-nilly and just take care, picking up every every different thing that, you know, that, that we woke up across. You know what I mean? We just are not. We just picking up any any given thing, any given fad. It becomes it becomes it becomes part of our culture. We have to be protective of our culture. We have to understand that you know. We have to understand that we have to make a way for our young men. We have to stop the separation about the men and the women, the women on this side, the men. It's called the black family. It's called the black community, and not just the, the, the people over here. Because this is separation that they've done with us that has 
allows the infiltrators, and that's why our boys out here starving. They're confused. You know, even when it when it comes to the Catholic priests, when they did the study on the Catholic priests, when they manipulated, who did they violate? Who did they perpetrate? Who did they perpetrate their crimes against? It was the kids of low income who had unstable families. When the Catholic priests and they did all and they found that out. So we have to understand that we have to support our families. It's these crazy, unstable families that make our families susceptible to anything. And until we start addressing that, and these millionaires and billionaires, they, what they could do is start being examples of, 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 of wholesome families, start being examples, start, start speaking in the manners where they edify the family. And we need to start realizing that we're not going to get anything done in our community until we start realizing that we need to start working on our families. And from there, we can move on from there. Yeah, it is, it is obvious uh, that we're going to have to take control of what is going on around us because people are starting to feel too comfortable about seeing what's on their minds. Um, uh, Cheryl, it is, you know, we have to become as hostile related to what uh, these people are saying, not necessarily to say the same things to them, but let them understand that we're not going to allow them uh, to uh, degrade us. Hello? Go ahead, Cheryl. Okay. We do, we have to, um, we, but see, we have to make it known that we are not going to accept it because as long as we are quiet and as long as we don't take the action, then we might as well just be quiet because they don't hear what we say. They hear what we do. And that's, again, you know, taking action behind the things that we are constantly saying over and over. Because we are known as, well, we're gonna, they're going to talk about it. But we got to be geared to do the action, put the work in that needs to be done. You know, we got to go back to when these movements were made years ago that created the civil rights movement. Individuals took action. That's how things were created in the direction to make things better. But it has to be kept up. And we're not doing that. We're making so many movements. We, you know, we're doing a lot of talking about it. I know what it is is a lot of people are in fear. They're in fear of their lives. They're in fear of their jobs. You know, in fear of a lot of things. But, you know, we are a powerful group of individuals. And when we come together, we can make things happen. But that's the problem. You know, we start off as a group. Then we got some that died down. Then we got more that died down. Until, you know, the whole movement itself has died down. And here we go again. When something else happened, we start another one. So, you know, Mr. Higgins, you're so right when you, you know, when you constantly say that. There's action. There's things that we have to do about these situations. We just can't sit on the sideline and watch it and talk about it and make a whole lot of noise. 
because the noise is not going to get um, the things done that we need to accomplish. Not at all. Thank you, thank no. you, Mr. And one of the things and I, and I, we have to do, Mr. Higgins, let me just say this to you and, and uh, your 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 relative. Here in Florida, the, the majority of uh, people who've gone to jail don't have their rights restored, and they don't want their rights restored because they're afraid they may be. A, a part of the Democratic Party, and there'd be another force. But people who have gone to jail need to have a movement too. They need to have their rights restored and have the ability to reexert themselves in our society so that they can get their lives back. But they don't want you to get your lives back because they know that you will be against the GOP. So, you know, I used to tell my students at at the jail, you need to stop allowing yourselves not to be heard. You need to find a representative or a movement that demands that you have your rights restored so that you can become a part of the, the society again. And, and 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 you're right. The thing about it is, is that that's why we need a platform from information, because we've had people that have done that. One of the things they talk about this gangster named Larry Hoover. Larry Hoover had the um from Chicago who had the who was the, um who's been incarcerated for over thirty some years. He had he created this gang called Gangster Disciples. But one thing about the gang Gangster Disciples is that they did have a political movement called Growth and Development. So they did try to galvanize and change the image and actually work in accordance with society. Of course, this of course this thing was highly you know um, investigated, scrutinized, and then it, it eventually was dismantled by the FBI. But we we you're one hundred percent correct. We have to start creating our own representatives. These representatives have to actually come from out the community. You know what I mean? We have to start, you know, educating our people on, you know, the three branches of government. You know, and we have to realize that we have people that work against us in our community. It was just recently on 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 a show where Monique, this actor, actress Monique, comedian Monique, where she was lowballed on a figure, on a figure for for a Netflix, um, for a Netflix. They gave they gave they gave they gave her half a million dollars and they gave everybody else eleven and twenty million dollars to perform on the show and they said she wasn't relevant. This is someone who's been in our homes for the past twenty years. You know what I mean? And then when she went on and then and then she when she went to advocate for herself, it was a younger it was a younger black brother disrespecting her. You know what I mean? Disrespecting her, devaluing her. So we gotta realize that it's even inside our own community. We have advocates, you know what I'm saying, that devalue us in our own community, and we have to hold them as accountable as well. We can no longer, you know, we can no longer just go, you know, with the stop and go. You know what I mean? We, we, have, to, we have to keep pressing forward and keep pressing forward. And we have to, and, and it's very important that we get into that political realm, and we can't just go along. With, see, you know what I'm saying? When you just go with the Democratic Party, you just go along with the liberal perspective. See, you know what I'm saying? When you just go along with the liberal perspective, that's more government. More government than it means that the less that you have your own autonomy. Your autonomy is an American citizen. 
You know what I mean? The more you, the more government you have in your business, that means the less you're able to, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you an example of this so we can see how sensitive, especially as black people, how this is. Now, say in black people in our community, we always have a home ready to eat from grandma. Grandma got some salve. Uh, 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 some some kind of remedy, some kind of some kind of drink that you got to use. That you know what I'm saying that she just concocted and it's gonna make you feel better. Well, with the democratic liberal perspective, what happens is is that if you told if you told kept your child out from school for several days and told them that you were having grandma's using grandma's home remedy, you might open up a can of words and have a a a, a, a children's services case. Because why? Well, more government says you cannot do that. You cannot allow your grandmother or the home remedy that your family's been using for years and years that's helped get your people better. You can't administer that to your child. You have to take your child to the doctor. You have to take your child to what the government standards. Now, even though it's the grand old party, GOP, the Republicans, they're the conservatives. The conservative party says less government. So if you if your child has a, a scar, cut or something and you want to use a home remedy, it's fine. You know what I'm saying? As long as it stays in the corners with the side, with, with, with the representation of the law. So we got to understand that. We got to understand these perspectives that goes along with with these things because we've been losing with the liberals and we were losing with the Republicans. You know what I mean? We got to remember that the Republicans with the, with the with, with, with the uh, Republicans with the uh, with, with the party of, of Lincoln, you know, who so called free the slaves. So I'm saying with the Democrats who were the South, you know what I mean. So and they, they became the Democrats. So we got to understand the slope, and we need to have our own representatives. That you know what I'm saying because when whoever gets elected to Congress. When you get elected to Congress, before you speak for the House, you have to give thanks to the founding fathers. And we as black people know that the founding fathers all were slave owners. So we have to understand so we have to understand that if we want our representatives to represent us and they have to go in there and make and make that and, and make that commitment to make that speech to thanks to the founding fathers. We have to make sure that the, uh, that our community is first and foremost on their mind and when they give a thanks to the founding fathers in, 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 in the Capitol building. That's what happened. All right, we're going to take our last break. And we'll uh, come back and let everyone have their last, their final say. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to...
This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Just know that we're here seven days a week. Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Dial in at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear. This is our opportunity to create a movement that can't be controlled by other media forces. We're here to establish our own media and make sure that we're not controlled by anyone outside of ourselves. Um, Benny, what what is your final thought for the team? I'm trying to see what I'm going to say. Is it Terrence? Is this Terrence? Yeah, you got it. You got it right, Mrs. Mrs. Shea. You got it, Mr. Terrence. You got it. You got okay. it. Well, what my final thought for yeah. season, uh, Well, my final thoughts is that, like I said, you just got to be more active and be in more control of our own destiny, and you know what I mean, being more effective. You know what I mean? The community and, you know, things like that. Letting our voices be more heard and try to get people to be aligned with you to come together and speak as well. You know, doing more action and all that. Because it's it's getting getting worse by the day. You know, every time you turn on the news, it's either some sexuality going on with somebody molesting kids or it, it, it's always something going on that's really, you know, and we always got the blame. It's always the white man. It's always the white man, and, and it's not. It, it's just that we got to come together and we got to do what we're supposed to do so that way and stop degrading our own. Like my brother said, the brothers, he, 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 the brother is belittling one of our one of icons, which is Monique, and he's, and he's you know, so it's not always the white man. It's our it's our own people putting down people who, who paved the way for us. So once we get that type of act, once we get that type of stuff out the way, then it could be more better. But when you see things like that, it's real sad. It's sad that our own people is doing things that hurt us and are doing things to people that led the way for us and, and not paying homage. People ain't paying homage to the ones that led the way. So it's not no more respect. So, you know, it's it's just little things like that, Mr. Shea. But my final thought is, like I said, man, we just got to stay within each other and just finish, stay communicating and do what we must do and uh, try not to put the blame on everybody and stop pointing the finger at everybody else. So, like I said, it was a real interesting conversation today, and, that's that's what I have to say for my final story. All right, Cheryl, your final thought for this evening? Um, first, I want to say that um, it's always a privilege of having you um, a part of the show, Mr. Higgins. Um, Thank you. And we definitely appreciate all the information um, that you keep us to the forefront. And with that being said is that the way has been paved and shown and it's up to us to duplicate these actions and not be distracted by all of the foolishness that's going on. And if we can do that, 
you know, and putting the action forward, then we can make more things happen. So as I always say, whatever we're doing, we can always do more. Amen. All right. Amen. All right, Mr. Higgins, your final thought for this evening. Well, I just wanna I just wanna say I wanna thank my pastor, um, Pastor Penella Phillip. I just wanna thank her for for mentoring me and helping become the man that I am today. Um and I just wanna thank you know, I just wanna be thankful that you know, um that um that we recognize the Queen Mother Moore, we recognize Reese Taylor, we recognize Gloria Richardson, and we start recognizing the people because we already have the blueprint laid out for us for so many people that have contributed to the black struggle that all we have to do is look back if we want to be able to move forward. And I just want to, like I said, I just want to thank my past Bronx National Church of God because that's what made, helped make me a better man. All right. Guys, uh, as always, we have uh, Mr. Higgins on every other Sunday, and we are just so uh, proud to have him be a part of our network and come down to let us know what it is going, you know, the kind of things that are happening in in his area and where he wants the African-American focus to be. We're here to make a difference, and that's what this show is all about. I look forward to seeing you call in to six five seven three eight three zero nine excuse me zero three zero nine so that your voice can be heard loud and clear. Take care everybody and I'll see you tomorrow at six PM. We got it together, didn't we? We've definitely got our thing together though. I mean, really, when you really sit and think about it, it's really, really nice. I can easily feel myself slipping more and more away. That super world of my own. Nobody but you and me. We've got it together, baby.
everything Welcome to the box. What's that, you guys? Asherin, five, five, nine, one. 